Due to the situation with the coronavirus, there is no live County Views 102 FM. The following is the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 25th of March 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlandwick 102 FM. The following is best bits of County Views over the past couple of months. As this is best bits of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. On the 8th of January 2020, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Dick Lanigan and Carmel Ryan. Can the panel please discuss the following local council members set for 47% pay increase? I have that on my list here. When I read it on the paper, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I said, there's something not right here. And it said 47% pay rise for city and county councils will bring new blood into local politics and help members with families stay in local politics. That's according to Limerick Mayor Michael Sheehan Finnegale, who has welcomed the announcement that council salaries are to increase by 8,000 a year to 25,000. He would say that, wouldn't he, says Mandy Rice Davis many months ago. Currently, councillors are paid a basic salary of just over 17,000 with unvouched expenses of up to 2,667 and vouched expenses of 5,000. Councillors who work in the public service are given paid time off to attend monthly meetings, but those working in the private sector have to do so mostly on their own time. We need talented young people of every persuasion coming into politics, but up to now we have been losing good people because they just can't go on juggling jobs, family and council, Mayor Sheehan told the Limerick Post. The mayor referred to the huge number of enthusiastic young people who joined us and then had to leave. People with family support and bills to pay can take time out of their jobs, even though the council is itself a full-time job. Many of them said they would very much like to work full-time at the council, but they don't have an option. Maybe this is the move that will allow them to do so, and the character will attract more young people into local politics. However, city and county councils will still get to keep the number of, a number of expenses, including attendance fees for meetings of special policy committees and other groups. The rate of pay for council was highlighted by Finnegale Council Olivia O'Sullivan last month when she told the Limerick Post that the personnel that the personal driver for Limerick, as directly elected mayor, would be paid more than councillors from Mark Tierney. Thank you, Mark, for that fine outline of what is about. But you didn't, with all the effort you presented, you still didn't give me any explanation as to how it could justify that unbelievable 47% increase, which doesn't seem to be in line with anything I've heard of in the past 25 years. Dick? Do you understand that? 47% pay rise for county councillors. Well, I don't know many hours to work or what they do to... Still 47%, to, I understand you know, and, and I believe they don't work full days anywhere or every day of the week either. It's a, a part-time occupation. I, I haven't got a wage increase myself for some considerable period of time, so I... Have you ever heard of a 47% uh, in recent years? Or even a 20% in recent years? I... I, I I don't know what they, what they do, really, to be honest, to justify what they're getting. Um, 
I, I don't know the, if the talent is there and they want to keep him. Sorry? I, I, I just don't but know what councillors, what they do, yes. They're saying it, it'll bring more talented people in. There was young people that left. In, 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 from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael used to be that years ago. If you pay them uh, peanuts, you get monkeys, I think. And then we had the biggest disaster of all time at the recession period when it all went belly up, burst. And the, the, the peanuts and the carrot situation had been announced before that. Yes. So they were getting paid. We finished up with uh, a, a councillor's input into the budget from an ex councillor told me that they would have maybe five percent say in the overall budget, 95 percent is as say, yeah, and have no say in planning anymore yes. either. Yes. They have a say, all right, so, but their say is irrelevant, yeah. you can say what they like, and but they have no influence. It's, it's hard to know what to do, really, you're not. Really? <laughs> is, is, is it a job for youngsters who want to make a political career or is it a job for people with experience? Is it a job for anyone, Carmel? Because yeah, yeah, the government know. are doing what they do and yet 80% of our directors nowadays are coming from Europe. If, if you go in, say, to the county council, you have CEOs and you have this one and you have that one and you have the other one who are all paid. So why didn't you need the other people, the volunteers for the love of it and all this kind of thing? You know... I certainly, I certainly think there's experience needed, so that would maybe appeal to the more mature person. But you have to have new blood. But a lot of the new blood, if they're good, they're snatched away. Like, do you know, they just go on to bigger and better and brighter. So is it only kind of a, a crash for people? And that is not going to give us the experience we need. Like, it's the workers do the, the work. It's the people in paid employment inside do the work. But, but Carmel, if, if, if we've discussed this before. If you look at West Limerick, and I, the, t- the villages and towns are dying in front of us. Um, even in this town, there's closing streets. Closing down. Closing down. There's streets. There's one street, and it's... There is, it's, it's totally... There sorry, Dick. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. So my apologies to everyone. From, but today, but, yes. uh, the number of pubs today, another one closed there just at Christmas time. Believe it or not, a town of the size of Newcastle with population of five to 6,000 people, eight pubs is all that's left. There had been 55. Back 20 years ago, there was over 30. Now there's eight. Eight pubs. And obviously it is down, they're going. Sorry, anybody, that's just an update, the latest. No, but it's if, if we had a a plan or something to, to, to rejuvenate West Limerick or certain towns in West Limerick, I'd say fine. Then, I mean, I don't see any plan. Maybe I'm wrong. The plan, I'm sorry to be talking, but the plan seems to be the opposite. The plan is to close down rural Ireland and move the people into the bigger towns and cities. And that's a European plan for many, many years. No? You can't get planning permission and you don't get straight lighting. And it's almost impossible. The farmers, sons, daughters, they can't get planning on their own lands in rural Ireland. Yes, sir. It's, it's, very, it's very difficult for people to build on family land. You know, it's, they make it very difficult. My daughter was doing it and um, she'd get proof she went to the local national school. She'd get proof she went to the local secondary school. Joe, you heard all this, building on our own family land we'll say and made it very very difficult do you know she had to prove everything it was up to her to prove it like the first house and all she was building was a bungalow the first house they put a lot of thought into their plans the planner didn't like the roof there was nothing wrong with the roof but the planner dealing with it didn't like the roof 
there was a big two and a half story house on one side of her there was a very modest bungalow at the other side lovely both beautiful houses <coughs> and hers was a bungalow so it was in keeping with what was there but they didn't like the roof and that's all <coughs> it wasn't the height of the roof it had nothing to do with it they just didn't like it I think Pat this is a travesty this increase myself it's an insult to the people that, that are you know that are there uh, what did they do I mean we've had a lot of councils here in not an awful lot of them now but uh, like we've had good councils come in here and debate issues like a lot of them stay well clear of any debate and uh, a 48 percent increase plus the maintaining of all the expenses that we had that you've spoken about here and that we've and that were used as a as a kind of a, a bunge fund before the last election and let's not talk about it listen to the mayor talking there now i mean it put like it is robin really salt into the wound you know because like we had christy kelly here a tremendous worker really energetic man that had great ideas did he get elected no no he didn't the staff the got elected again and you see what are they, what have they done an absolute nothing we have I mean I would I definitely say that they've been paid at the moment like to keep their mouth shut and they know they need to pay them because they were keeping them shut anyway they're, they're there to sign for a, a budget and the budget that they go into you have a staff in there we say, like, who are highly paid all oh, big pensionable jobs going wrong with big things hanging off them and you know like you, like gods and, and as you said don't talk to me about the planning like Hamel what's going on there like I mean what's, over the years is criminal. That's what it is. And, and has been. And, and I've been affected by it myself as well. But be honest about it. But you see, but to give 48%, like, they're talking about an increase nationally in the national wage. People that are in low pay jobs getting 2.5%, getting 5% over three years. And to give that bunch, like, I mean, 48% plus maintaining all their perks, all their expenses, is really adding, like, I mean, is adding salt to the bones of people. Because in actual fact, what they're doing there, our our councillors here, like I mean, in the city and county, have let down the people because they should have been, as Dick has rightly said, they should be producing plans to rejuvenate rural areas, the houses that are empty, get them redone, get them filled, get people in, in, in the homeless off the streets, get them into houses, people that needed houses. We have hundreds of houses in the area. I think for four or 500 houses in, in Limerick City and County yeah. alone yeah. that are unoccupied. And the cheek of them, the cheek of them to go looking for. And that, and that, this has been on the actual agenda for the last three or four years, like. And not alone that, but the, but the scandal is on there at the moment, like. It's unreal altogether, like. And there's not one word about it. I mean, and they to go in and put their hand in 48% of an increase paid for out of the public purse I mean it's an absolute disgrace that's what um, it is. I, I, I don't think the money will attract young people what it will attract is people who are already retired on pensions yeah. Tom, like some of the that people money that there. was used before the last election I think it was 35,000 per council was it it was a huge amount of money anyway. Oh, the no, exact yeah, figure yeah, now yeah. That, that I can't say, Pat. It was up around that yeah. figure. Anyway. That could give out maybe 5,000 to this club, 6,000 to the other club, to, to, uh, give, 
give money to different organisations that they had the, the, the money to give, like public money that they were using as a, as a, as a, as an auction, an auction politics, like that they could buy votes, and then to come on and to just give them forty eight percent of an increase on top of that. I think, I think it's wrong. People should object to it, like. And listeners, just to add to what the panel have said there in relation to that forty seven percent increase for the county councillors is that people in the, 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 the panel there refer to rural Ireland places closing down. But the real problem for many business people that I know about and involved in business like that myself is the huge increase in rates, Tom, that they put up. And they had to put it up because they needed to balance their budgets. And then this 47%, I know many people who have closed down their business. I know many more who are going to close because they can't afford to pay the rates. Pat, and up, went, up yeah. went the rates. And when then 47% seems to be plenty money to yes. pay that. You know? When you look at the actual, at the budget for limited city and, uh, and county you know that is, the, that, that is a single council. When you look at the budget and when you look at the actual the spending and the wastage and the blackguardism that would that, that, that went on with the allotment of, of monies and the borrowings like they, they could form private companies and borrow money, borrow millions oh, tens of millions for development and people lying on the streets in Limerick and people paying rents that they can't afford and they're practically hungry inside in Limerick City and, and in various places around Limerick. I'll, t- I'll tell you something there, an absolute disgrace that's what there. And just to add on to that, then of course we had the case there last year about the, the, some of the council staff got tea delivered out from the city. I think it was about £25 a pot it worked out. Do you remember that one? Tom? I think it was £25 a cup. To get the tea delivered. Yeah. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. On the 15th of January, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. Now, uh, there was an election called, it's called of a Saturday. Many school teachers are not a bit annoyed over it because they won't be getting the day off. I think that's how it works. Why would they be annoyed over it? The parents would be more annoyed if it was on a Friday because they'd have a problem finding uh, childminders for their children. This this is one of the things I feel was correct, uh, uh, Pat. Having an election on a Saturday is a sensible thing. And it would even be more sensible if we had the stomach to tolerate on a Sunday because then the normal working week could follow when people could go and do a count or and an I election count without paying them triple time. Teachers, school teachers all over the country were used to getting a day off anyhow. So that, that went for them but as you said there's all sorts of things anyway. Now I've heard all kinds of names who's going and I suppose Richard I don't know who your name has been mentioned and, and you were reasonably close when you ran as a was it an independent or independent fail of all? Independent councillor I ran in the last local election and from the 2014 I doubled my vote uh, as an independent in the Derrick Hill district. Yeah, but the last uh, Dáil election the last you Dáil ran as? As an independent Fianna Fáil. Mm. And, and this time you're going to run I take it? Independent. Not independent Fianna Fáil. I'm running independent. Um, 
What's the difference between independent Fianna Fáil and independent? You see, an independent at the time, uh, Fianna Fáil wouldn't allow me to run in the, in the general election. Um, so I ran as as an independent Fianna Fáil because I had an awful lot of people that supported me from Fianna Fáil. At the time. But since um, in the last local election I ran as an independent because I believe you have to be true to yourself and you have to be accountable to yourself for your actions. So I was told after the last election that I would not ever get my seat back again because I had left all uh, ties with the party. And we managed to double our vote in the Derrickhill district. So the people of Derrickhill looked up what we were doing for the last number of years. I'm on the ground. I'm with the people. I work with people. I work with all parties and none for the betterment of Limerick. And it showed on the last local election what can be achieved by doing so, so much. And I'm a lot happier going out to people and doing the work for, all, as I said, all parties and none. But why would you leave, uh, we'll say, you, you'd be much safer and you'd have a financial backing and everything like that with a political party behind you, the funding, the Cummins, Fianna Fáil? No, no. It goes back to a bit like the system that you were talking about. Um, there's a lot of the systems are broken and they've been handled by two or three people within a party. And some people that want to run that would be brilliant for a party aren't allowed to run because of the old politics that stays there. And I won't be a part of that. Um, I'm a true voice for the people. And I won't be a part of any party that will tell me when to say something and when not to say something. It goes back to what Tom just said a while ago. There's all party politics there that you go to Dublin as a member of a party. You've only got one voice. Because when the leader turns around and tells you that you have to tow the party line and you have to tow the party whip, your voice is gone. As an independent, you can go and do what you want. You can align yourself with a party and vote with them for the betterment of your area. But you are having your true thoughts being heard. And I want my true thoughts being heard and the people that voted me in. I want their thoughts held. And the people of County Limerick that have backed me all the way along to here. I'm a true voice. And I say, Jerome, you recently left your party. Mm -hmm. And I've worked very, very well with you and I see how hard Jerome works in his area. And if there was something that I had to work with, with Jerome, I have no problem with it. We've done a, a run there recently for a memorial run for Francie Mead and Raquel. Um, they were good friends of Adam Teskey's. And they asked me to know what i do a run to raise money because Francie was so well thought of in the area for the Columbus Bonus Houses and for Midwest Cancer. And I asked them, when I was at the meeting, they called me to a meeting, I said, is Adam, go is Adam going to help? And they turned around and asked me, do you mind? Hmm. I said, of course I don't mind. We raised 44,000 on that weekend for two major charities by working together. As I said before, all parties are none for the betterment of Limerick. Tom Ryan, um, you and I and everybody here over the past 12 months, for strangely enough, has discussed this Fianna Fáil situation. And Eddie Ryan, who has been probably a reasonably regular panellist anywhere on here with us for many, many a night. And he lives in Galbany. He's a county councillor. And... Um, if, if I read it right, recall it properly, I think around this time of the year, indeed, 12 months ago, the Fianna Fáil had a convention and 
he was he got 77 votes or 78 and his next door runner up behind him got less than 10 and it baffled me for many and many a month and has been baffled me now for 12 months that we still don't know who the second candidate is supposed to run for Fianna Fáil and now the election is called yeah well I, excuse me sorry I, w- I wouldn't be too worried about uh, about the, the internal uh, position of Fianna Fáil, what to do. I mean, this is going on for 12 months now. It is nonsense as regards. As, as regards. I'm sure that, that a lot of the party activists are, are very annoyed that this hasn't, there's, there's no leadership being showed locally. And certainly Michal Martin hasn't covered himself in glory, not the Fianna Fáil headquarters either. But uh, in, in actual fact... Uh, it looks like as if there will be one candidate. You know, there is so much in, in this week's edition of uh, one of the papers there, and you uh, nearly cry to read it, like, about people are so upset that there is only one candidate. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of an insult, I think, to people's intelligence and people's integrity. But look, that's their own business. At the end of the day, it, it, every seat is just to be fought for. And, uh, but Tom, yeah. sorry, coming in now. They had a convention to select a second candidate, yeah, and right, yeah. the second candidate got 78 votes. But Pat, hold on. Let it was 70 me, ahead yeah, of the other let me guy. Call, yeah, we know it. That's and facts. how that's does it not... That's, that's fact. But Pat, that's a, a matter for to be asked to the Fianna Fáil hierarchy, in the, both in the county and in and in, at national headquarters. They haven't answered it. So not to worry about it. Don't even be talking about it. But I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But I, I'm still... How, I can't understand how it works. So nobody if you have a convention yeah. to select a second candidate, yeah. he wins by 70 votes, yeah. and 12 months after, he's not <coughs> given to go ahead. Yeah, Just that it wouldn't happen out in Cuba or Russia, the likes of that. Happening in North Korea couldn't happen to <laughs> But so look, that's just themselves. But what that, about all these card-carrying members that sit there like sheep or dummies that are out and roaring and shouting. But sure, they, they can decide on that. I mean, on the on the on the is this is the the yeah, February. Yeah, That's what the, see, the, the, Tom, it's an affront to the cart carrying members that Pat refers to because they wasted an evening going to that convention. Of course, they did. What yeah. business had they at a convention? They didn't select the person that the liberal elite, I would describe, of Fianna Fáil yeah. wanted, and they didn't particularly uh, agree with some of the people very, board. very strong values that Eddie Ryan happens to have. And that really is the kernel of the problem in Fianna Fáil. Um, The colour of his eyes aren't probably right for the people in Cork. But you listen, uh, Jerome, look, let the people decide that themselves. Oh, I agree. I mean, if that is the the core thinking of the party that are looking to take over government, well, then people should should come out and say, look, this is what we're dealing with. But then, Tom, in fairness to Eddie, and if I... not, but if I was, I would probably have said goodbye. I would have put them on three weeks' notice as I did with Finnegale and gone away and done my own thing. Three weeks after that selection convention, because you can't hang around like a prune for nine months and wait to decay. But Eddie has got plenty of opportunities to do that. This is, this is nearly 12 months ago since this convention I completely agree with you. Yeah. Like, but to look, it leaves the situation. I mean, it, I mean if they're happy, look, in the headquarters... 
it's as simple as this. The Fianna Fáil organisation do not want a second TD in Limerick constituency for some reason or another. But the Fianna Fáil organisation selected a second one, Jerome. We're not listening, Jerome. We're aware that they had somebody who got a decent vote, but the hierarchy of the party didn't agree with the with the democratic decision here in Limerick. Yes. Full stop. But sure, Fianna Fáil headquarters, I believe, they had a convention on the pro-life and, and well, the, the majority of people decided they were going one way and, want, and it was... Do, an, uh, do you want me to visit South Tipperary and the Fine Gael organisation down they're, there? They're no better, yeah. They're worse it down is there. They two candidates from right beside one another. One Novorish woman that came in from Dublin or somewhere and they insisted on putting her on the ticket. They have good councillors in Tipperary. Is now is it? Now you're talking She's about on the ticket. Uh, uh, Miss Newman, I'll name her, uh, on the ticket. And they have plenty councillors that could do a good job in is Tipperary. She's a sister, has she? She has a sister, right, Kate, we'll hold it there now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Due to the situation with the coronavirus, there is no live County Views. You're listening to West Limerick 102. You're very welcome back to the best bits of County Views over the past couple of months. You are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 25th of March 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. As this is best bits of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. On the 22nd of January 2020, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Karol McCarton, Dick Lanigan, Eddie Ryan and Owen Hand. I have about 10 pages on Owen Hand, so we've got to cut it a little short. We won't be able to read it all out. After a series of outstanding displays, Owen Hand was signed by Portsmouth for transfer of 8,000 in 1968. He impressed so much at Portsmouth that he earned a call-up to the Republic of Ireland national team went down to air 19 caps. He also was manager of Ireland and he they were unlucky it says in the first World Cup qualifying campaign in his first World Cup campaign Ireland only lost out to France on a goal difference when Ireland conceded a late goal to Belgium after having what most commentators described as a perfectly good goal disallowed and the image of own hand on the bench which he said in his hands post-match is widely shown in Ireland and as one of Ireland's finished on a remarkable tour in the qualifying campaign over so, uh, also a wonderful entertainer, a fabulous singer, and he's been with umpteen, umpteen amount of clubs, and he managed Limerick, of course, and much, much more. On is that enough to say? I kind of think I'm a bit of a gypsy, actually. <laughs> the way I've so many. If I read, if I read them all out from <laughs> from Africa to to America to Limerick and all in Saudi between. Saudi Arabia as well. Two years there. Yeah, yeah, well, that was yeah, tough, yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> It was worth it financially. <laughs>
Now, from uh, the, the FAI, of course, we we. we this program is out every Wednesday night. You might have heard it and you might not, and we would have a mix of people from time to time, but many of our panel here and indeed listeners coming into us would seem to have been horrified for quite many, many years back with the FAI and its behaviour and the way it finished up and a board in the FAI who didn't seem to be doing their duty or not acting as responsible as they should be, as things seem to get out of hand. I believe it's something like 62 million in debt or something to that. Ball Park, it's running wild. In your time, you sp had quite a lot of involvement with the FAI, obviously. I did, as a player, as a manager. And then in 1999, I um, was appointed a career guidance officer which was dealing with the advice for the kids, go to schools, go to clubs all over the country and all that kind of stuff. And that expanded in 2001, dealing with all the compensations for any of the players who were signed over there. There was a seminar in Budapest and uh, I asked the CEO at the time, I said I should be, I should go out to this one. Uh, it was Bernard O'Byrne, I think, or it might have been the man after him, uh, the, uh, Brendan Menton. Um, and I went out there and then had this information about all the the compensation which would be very valuable to all the junior clubs, schoolboy clubs, who had players being recruited. And there was a lot being recruited because of Brian Kerr's era with the, juniors, you know, the, the youths and he was very successful as you might remember. But uh, that, was, um, that expanded my role in a big way. So there was a lot of money coming in. And of course then the two big, uh, big name soccer players that I used as to, to disseminate the information was, uh, it was uh, Damien Duff and uh, Robbie Keane at the time, going from uh, Crumlin mm. and respectively and Whitehall. Uh, so th that kind of highlighted the whole thing. And so it was good to be able to facilitate uh, all these things going on between the English clubs and the, because the English clubs would just treat the Irish clubs, the schoolboy clubs would be giving them, say, a set of jerseys and a few footballs, whereas there was cons really substantial money involved. So I was always there to make sure that the, any negotiations that were going on were fairly treated. And the, the, the strategy I adopted was progress payments. So in other words, take less than the FIFA laws would, would say it was 100,000. Just take a figure just to make it easy. Could be more, could be less. But then say, okay, settle on a figure of guaranteed 50. But if the player was successful, that 100,000 would go to 200. Now that was a win-win situation because both couldn't, the Irish club couldn't argue, the English club couldn't argue because there was a winner and that was the player. And that was the strategy that made it successful. Never, never had one mess up with any club. If they were serious, you know, if they weren't serious, well, then they would... Oh, yeah, the other thing is I'd make them sure that they came to Ireland, to the parish where that lad was from, whether it be Cove, whether it be uh, out in near Ackett Island or whatever it was. Come to there, that's where the lad's club was, and that's shown a bit of respect to everybody. Mm. And it worked. Once they travelled, I knew that we would, we would sort this thing out. So it was a lot of work like that. And then, of course, I mean, just fast-forwarding, I mean... Uh, I got a hell of a land in 2012 when uh, my work had kind of expanded to such a rate and I was 65 and I went up to talk about like a maybe kind of lessening back on the work and I was just told bluntly, well, we're not renewing your contract and wow, anyway, that set a whole thing in motion where the CEO said, if you go legal on this, I'll take it to personal, it'll be war and there was. <laughs> Who was the CEO at that time? John Delaney. And was he there long at that time? He was, at that time, uh, 2012, he was boss since 2005, so he was seven years in charge. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be hogging all this, by the way, but I mean, 
when he came in first, uh, I thought he was great. Mm. He, he put organisation into the whole thing that was never there before. It was kind of a real mess. Yeah. You know, even travel arrangements for the scenes. So if I interrupt you, yeah. he, he came into a mess and he went out with a mess. <laughs> yeah, but we, little did we know that he was, he was building his own empire, yeah. as it turned out. And, you know, anybody that kind of showed any opposition, they didn't last very long. Yeah. So, and I was one of them, you know, because I was kind of uh, proactive about everything. Yeah. You know, so, uh, disagreeing with certain things that I thought needed disagreeing with. And it didn't matter that there was money, big money's coming into all the schoolboy clubs. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget him saying to me, uh, we, we don't get a penny of that. And I said, what do you mean? It's going into the development of the grassroots. It's going to all the individual clubs. Mm -hmm. And now I know what he meant. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. He wasn't getting his share. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. On the 8th of January 2020, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Dick Lanigan and Carmel Ryan. Now, and, and not, there were quite a lot of items, of course, at the moment, I suppose, the commemoration of the Royal Irish Constabulary, Constabulary or a celebration of the infamous Black and Tens. Uh, it was being justified and promoted and heralded by the current government which has been supported by Fianna Fáil and it was been led along the lines they were trying to justify it and it all came to shock to many many people disbelief to more and then eventually postponed Dick um, just I did a little research on this last night because it was a topic and subject and I said it would come up just on, on the RIC to, to say it, um, it was on the, the, the Irish Times I took it off. Um, um, parents or people of these people that were in the RAC, uh, Eamon Kant, Eamon Duggan signed the Irish Treaty, Tom Barry, IRA, IRA commander, and Sean O'Fallon, the, the author, their parents were RAC members. Michael Collins' uncle and Tom Crean's brother, he was killed. Anyway. So I'm just saying that because people, we've integrated now. But at the same time, these people enforced English law for quite a considerable period of time. And for what the government were doing this month, 100 years ago, the Lloyd George, I think, sent the Black and Tans to Ireland to start yeah. recruiting. Yeah. The timing is, is mind-blowing. And the things that the Black and Tans did, both sides, I'd say that, but the things they did and carried out, they weren't trained, they were... Al alcoholics plus so forth and did atrocious things well they trained how to use the guns and shoot people oh yes yes trained. they were mercenaries that yeah, yeah, highly yeah. paid and yeah. pension jobs for, for what they did so I, I think it was badly timed and he was advised by by uh, a committee and, and they disagreed on what he was doing yet he insisted on carrying on but he's pulled back now I'd be very disappointed with the throat. I just think, like, what did it cost 
for the committee to tell him not to do it. And then he goes and does it. Well, I suppose in fairness down. to have other things as well. Oh, you know, they had, that, yeah. That, but that you was, know, like but they didn't tell him to do that one anyway. They no, said no, that, no, that was one of the ones. I was listening to a couple of nights now on... Say prime time and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like they made a dog's dinner themselves. Yeah, I said to a man today, I was talking about it, and I, as, as Tom Ryan said, as Tom Ryan says, you wouldn't even send them for a pint of milk. No. You wouldn't send them for, too far for that particular one out. No, there wasn't much. No, 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 no. Like it was always going to cause controversy. It's no harm to educate people. And if it was done in a way that people educate who the, 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 the politicians? The well, educate everyone. Do you know if they, a lot of people, they don't know. Younger people don't know, don't realise the extent of it. Yeah. And there's no harm to highlight it. I actually think it was great because it aroused all this interest. There's all sorts of things going around the internet about him. You know, that people will now think twice. A lot of people like, don't care as well. Yeah, there's a text in there. Former young holder of the year, Kyle Hayes, charged with filing disorder in court today. Is this good example of the young people now that is on the limerick leader the name and address and all the details are given on that there tonight i was looking it up um it's a very sad situation tom the ga one it is yeah it's a, it, is, it is a very serious situation as well you know there's, yeah. Yeah. there's an injured party here and there is a uh, there, there are charges being brought so i'd say that the less we say about that uh, yeah, 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 so and i think as a family they're going through enough now you know they don't need us shared on facebook or spoken yeah. about yeah um the black and tens tom the rice here well i was um i wouldn't say i was shocked i, I wasn't is there something worse than shocked when i heard that that that, that they were going i mean honoring and, and remembering the rice here and put them into the same category as they would be of the 1916 leaders and the people that were marched out and blown apart by the British, like, uh, with, the, with, with RIC, like, they were, the, they were the actual force in this country that, that were maintaining the British rule. And there was some rule, like, and there were some, there were some, like, I mean, you can go through everything and you'll have people, you'll have people saying, like, that they were good RIC people and, you know, but that's not the point. The point is that it's, it's, it is the force that they were. And then when you mix up the black and hands and bring them in with them, like, and the atrocities that they committed with the support and with the backup of the RIC, and to think that we would have the audacity and even to go even remembering them like and, and to honour them in some respect and make comparisons with, with other things that happened like I mean it's un, just unbelievable and a government decision like it was left now totally in the hands of our Minister for Justice, Mr Flanagan. The rest of them said very quiet, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure he didn't make that decision on his own because John Bruton sat out the other night and he, ju- and he went about John Bruton for a moment on the panel the other night and, 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 and he, he made a big case the other night for it, like, and he said for the hundred years ago, well, kind of, that would cover everything. didn't matter what they did, but, you know, it was a thousand years ago. I, I wouldn't forget it. I a day ago, uh, it was yesterday. You know, it, they hap- it happened, and all people you know, and, and, and the people in this country, the ordinary rural and people that lived in the towns and in the countryside, suffered at the hands of that. I see, and the atrocities committed by the black and tans, the scum of England, like I mean, to be sent over here, like for to for to terrorise, which they did, and murder decent 
Irish people that were that had ideals. And to make it worse, and to say it over the Christmas I was looking at, I I was going through the channels, I said I wouldn't give any, like, I mean, accolades to our National Broadcasting Authority, even T.G. Cahar, which I uh, watch a lot. I saw, and it's from my, and I drew something nearly made me cry. There was a commemoration of the 100 years of the first doll. And at that commemoration, all two present houses of the Arachtus, including people ex-Tishuk and members of the Senate, all invited, all sitting down, listening to the history. And I must compliment the actual John Corner for the job he did. Now, I might be rambling a bit now, but it is important that I say this, Pat, because it's all interlinked with, with, with what we're doing now and what's happening now. And I've often gone back for to compare the people that were in the first doll. And they were, they were actually, they had the, the audacity. They were all dressed up like tailors' dummies, every one of them, getting big dinners and big, all probably overnight stay. These now are all present TDs and ministers and senators. were all there, just packed up in the mansion house, in the, is it the wrong room they call it, I think. I think that's where the first dawn met. I get confused at times. But anyway... The ideals of the first doll and the actual, the, the recommendations of them, they weren't recognised, like, they were, uh, like, uh, uh, they were illegal in the, in, in the British eyes and, in, and in, the, in, in the eyes of the RIC and a lot of other grandees that we still have around the place. Uh, they were, those people, their recommendations, we should look at them and see what they, what they did and what their ideals were. Those are people that had fought for the freedom of the country and to make it a republic and give people the right to rule themselves. But on top of that, our president took up in and made a big speech. And at one time he started shouting like when he was he was emphasizing like the way that the present lot of ministers and governments, not not this one alone, but for the last thirty or forty years, the way they have behaved towards the people who at that particular time, and at the first doll, wanted the actual respect and support and look after. Or youth, or young people, or people that were badly off, which they were at that particular time, and awful lot of the people that fought this country hadn't tell they didn't know where the next dinner was coming from, right? Now, he sat around and shouting, kind of, and he got a big applause. But I, I, he was a minister in a few governments as well. I didn't hear him saying too much about it when he was there. But to see, they can, they're all jumping on the bandwagon now, and they have, not alone are they honouring the, the RIC, but they're dishonouring the people that formed the first government and the first doll and the people that fought for the freedom. They should be ashamed of their lives to watch what's going on at the moment. But homeless people in doorways, hungry, no place to lie, no place to sleep at night. Children can't go to school. And they with their big fat pensions and big fat salaries. And they're sitting down and they applaud what they were hearing from the, I mean, from the, instead of doing something about it, which they haven't the ability to do. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
Due to the situation with the coronavirus, there is no live county views. You're listening to West Limerick 102. Now let's return to the best bits of county views over the past couple of months. You are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 25th of March 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. As this is best bits of county views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. On the 15th of January, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. Hi panel, as you know the election campaign has started uh, now that our politicians are, do, the, do, uh, do we know that our politicians are in breach of the law regarding posturing. What we need in relation to crime and drugs is therefore penalties put them away for a long time don't make it easy for the criminals John Egan and thank you John and good evening Pat and Tom, nice to hear you bias there again as I listen with interest to your great topic to show hi to panel and if my hero Tom is going for this selection, I'd give him my number one Polly the Port. So that's told me after you to go anywhere, Tom. Thanks, Polly. <laughs> now, this Fianna Fáil thing, I can't get my head around. That Eddie Ryan was selected last January with 70 votes on his nearest. So therefore, you have two. It seems simple and clear that he should have been declared the candidate and he should have been attended all functions, etc., for the past 12 months. That's how I thought it used to work. It should be out And now I know many Fianna Fáil people in Arden, every place around the place, and are part of the Cummins that they tell me Fianna Fáil had Cummins everywhere once upon a time, and now I think they've only the one left in Newcastle West Town. If I'm, I hope why, I'm, why would they have a Cummins? If this, is, uh, if this is the way they're going to be treated. And they perhaps? tell me that they raised it and they said it and they raised it and they listened to them and then they ignored them. But uh, isn't that a than, very serious threat to democracy if that... Than Sorry? More than that, because if you go back, and, and it was one of the reasons I had to pull away from the party, was what was happening within the party. At the last um, general election in 2016, um, there was 13 Fianna Fáil councillors. And it was agreed within the councillors that they would take a vote within the room and to know would they look for a second candidate back then. And there was a vote taken in the room and and we said the majority of the vote, then we would send the letter to uh, Fianna Fáil headquarters. 2832 Mount Street. Right. Uh, At the time, uh, the letter was signed it was 176 or 75 that at the time I think there was one person wasn't in the room and that letter was to be sent to Dublin. It was never acknowledged when it got to Dublin that the letter even arrived. So the councillors that represent the party sent a letter with a majority from the Fianna Fáil party to Dublin and it was never even acknowledged that it was the case. And after that, there was a general election. I ran, Emmett O'Brien ran, and it showed on the grounds... There was another convention or something before that? There was an... Selection business. 
There was a selection business before that, but it's the same thing. They didn't want the second candidate running because they said they hadn't the numbers on the ground. And if you look at the percentages that were there, they came out with 42% of the vote and elected one. Fine Gael had something like 33 or 34 and elected two. Doesn't make sense. But, uh, sorry, the Fianna Fáil men, as far as I know, may have advised people to vote number two for a certain Fianna Gael candidate. And, and other candidates across the board, yeah. when they went out doing their... Lads, say, but we, we'd see, have to be careful now, lads. We'd have to be careful <coughs> now about comments like that, yeah. Jerome, because mm. it's not right to pass comments on well, somebody... Well, it happened, in, in, an, here, it happened in another constituency also. Yeah. Close by. But that, that but can you happen see, with all parties. But, but you I see, but, all parties but can do par- it. Part yeah. of the difficulty, Pat, mm-hmm. and if we go back to Mussolini, he had a saying, una dolce, una vodka, one leader, one voice. And that's how it has become, both in Fine Gael at local level and, uh, both, and, and in Fine Gael. There's this There's confusion who the voice is, I think, in those parties anyway, but it is the man but that you, see, you think the of. The, of structure, the structures are, have fallen by the wayside. That's what's gone wrong. Yeah. You, 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 you nailed it on the head a while ago. The com- uh, when a convention is held and you have the commons, the commons had their voice and they nominated at the time there was three votes and Eddie Ryan came in with 78 votes. Being the second highest candidate, it should be automatic that that person should be put yeah. on. Eddie Ryan is a good man. He's a good councillor. He's a hard-working councillor. He followed the system. And the system has left him down. He's worked hard as a councillor. And he was denied in 2016 to run. And now they're denied it again. And they're leaving it so late that they'll try and probably add someone just for the sake of it. And they're saying that, that he, should have, he should have been on a ticket to run. Everyone is entitled to run, and if they follow the system... And given a fair chance. And given a fair chance yeah. within a party system yeah. Where, the, yeah. where the members of that party, no matter if it's Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, if they elect, select two, the two highest ones, from their, from their members... End of story. End of story, yeah. and regardless what party it is. So he's been hard done by. Mm. Yeah, but no, then no, again, the Pat, we keep talking about this. I don't think it really is relevant here tonight for us to be discussing what they do in Fianna Fáil. Or well, democracy is important, or Demo- well, think, yeah, well, know. democracy, you and, see, and, democracy, Pat, I mean, it's the same, I mean, from what I can learn from Jerome, it's the same in Fine Gael. But it is, yeah, you know, that was so about like it. Mean, not, no question about that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. therefore, we have two yeah, dictators, yeah, yeah. so, like... And yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. concur with Tom. Yeah. While we're talking about them, they're winning. They're winning, yes. Because all publicity is good publicity. Of course, that, and I, I would say, like, that it's... Well, it is a two thousand. 2020 now, and we're in we're entering into a new decade, and I would sincerely hope, like that, you know, with what we've all learned down the years through our history and through past history and recent history, and uh, especially like uh, throughout the country, and we see the direction every every aspect of society is going. Is it not time to say, look, let's stop here and let's really look at what we do when we walk into that ballot box on. The on the seven, on the eighth of February. Now, what we might have a, a great choice, but there, there there are choices. There are there are a lot of people putting forward their names. But if you listen, since this election was called yesterday, 
the nonsense and the arguments on national TV, they have, you see, what they have done now again, they have, they have, that they're really fooling the people now. It is about housing now, and it is about homelessness, and it is about, you know, it's really and truly, like, I mean, they're focusing this now, or oh, we'll build more houses than ye, and it's the year fault that we found a country in 11 years ago, like, I took off the limit team in 1994, mm-hmm. and I, 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 it wasn't much good for me to be saying, like, oh, well, this is now, there was a lot of harm done here before I came in, and, and I got, and I got, I, I got short shifts. You should have been taken to credit for the All Island because you had, the, you had the <laughs> taken place. But, 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 but you see, done. like, the nonsense that's going on, yeah. it's the quality of people we that should, we want. We should be talking about family values, and we should be talking about keeping law and order, and we should be talking about, and I hate to say it, uh, maybe looking at what was the success in the past time? Sure. Oh yes, but we've had we've had few successes. Okay, our industrial revolution has worked out well. I mean, for us, there are more people in jobs. Like, but society and what keeps society together is crumbling. It's actually gone now, nearly. We're talking about it here all night. Yeah. Now, in saying that, Jerome and Richie, you're two councillors, like, mm-hmm. you can't be shouting and roaring about what you're going to do because, I mean, what what society what? have you built at local level for the past, how many years are you in the council? I'm, for, I'm 15 years in the council. And how many are you, are you the chief? Six. Six. Okay. I mean, what houses have we built? What have we done about the rural situation, about the houses, about how for people about the homelessness in Limerick. We had right? this morning. And just let me finish. And what about this whistleblower that you're all under, that you're all under legal, legal, what you call attack, that you can't mention it or you can't draw it up? What's going on there like? Who's the whistleblower? I haven't, I'm not. Oh, you're well aware of it because all the councillors are aware of it. And I'm you talking, ask the question there, what have we done? Whistleblower, yes, right? Yeah. Within, within my restraints as a councillor, what I have done is I've brought communities together to help build their own communities, help work for them, help them get their businesses open, help them get people into their business, into the towns and villages. I've helped people that the system has left down to raise funds for people that were suffering from cancer that the system would not cover them to try and get them the treatment that they rightly deserve. For a young child that can sit up or stand up, we go out on a regular basis and we go out and we fundraise for these people because the system has left them down. Now, what I have done, and people often say to me, why are you involved in vintage? Vintage is our heritage. And you went back saying that you had the team in 94. And I followed you then. And I follow John Kiley now because you're doing good for Limerick and you're representing Limerick. And that's what I'm about. Yeah, but... But, but no, let me finish now. Yeah, finish. What's okay, on this here is, yeah. right... Yeah. I go out, I'm a, I'm a big follower of vintage because it's our heritage, it's our fathers, our mothers, our grandfathers, everything before us, and we're using this as a good way of raising funds. But I'm not only doing that. We're gathering people together to work together for the betterment of something else. When you get people together, we can move mountains. We can do things for the betterment of something. You talked about politics a while ago and there's commons closing down. I want to open up people to have their own values, their own thoughts, and that they look at me knowing that I try my best for my area, no matter who you are or what party you stand for, that I will go out and I will not judge you regardless and I will try my best. Sure, I've so done that for yeah, six years. There's no one denying that, Richard. Yes. Like, no one denying that and what you do is well, is well acknowledged. I'm not speaking about that. It's, it's, it's voluntary work and it's well worthwhile and it's a good job that your people are, are there. We're all involved in, in yes. different types of voluntary work. 
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Due to the situation with the coronavirus, there is no live County Views. West Limerick 102. You're very welcome back to the best bits of County Views over the past couple of months. You are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 25th of March 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. As this is best bits of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. On the 22nd of January 2020, joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Kaur McCarton, Dick Lanigan, Eddie Ryan and Owen Hand. For Eddie, <coughs> as most people know at this stage, you were selected or... Uh, if that's the right word to use, at a convention, you got 78 votes and your runner-up got seven. And then you, you were told you'd be taken up to, is it 28, 32 Mount Street to be interviewed? 64, 65. Oh, I was out the wrong, wrong end. And it's lower, it's lower Mount Street. <clears throat> and anyway, you waited and waited and waited and waited for 12 long months and nothing happened at all. And then last, uh, last Monday, they decided to give you short notice I suppose one might think and then you made that famous statement last Monday night that you'd be a wonderful pair yourself for nine Collins and the following day you said sorry I'm not having any of that okay you've been treated in a um, unusual manner well briefly and I'll just take a minute or two on this uh, it was May 17 when obviously the election had been on in February 16. May 17 I was approached and contacted by Sean Dorgan, the General Secretary of Fianna Fáil and asked would I meet him. He was in Cork with Niall Martin. Would I meet him? And I met him uh, in the Bellicastine Hotel, three miles from Tipperary Town on his way back to Dublin. He asked me would I be prepared to be the running mate with Niall Collins come the next general election. And I said, who knows you're here? And he said, Michal Martin, I left him an hour and a half ago, and Niall Collins as of half five yesterday evening. I said, are you meeting anyone else? He said, no, we're giving no expectations to anyone else, only you. We want you to run with Niall Collins. So time passed, and uh, a month or two, Niall Collins made an approach to Lisa Marie Sheehy, who'd left Sinn Féin, and was, uh, would she be the candidate? Oh, who made Lisa Marie Sheehy. Niall Collins approached her Just, uh, and she said she was out of politics and she saw it as being she was a, a colleague of mine in the Capamorkin Malik Municipal District from Glenroe and an excellent councillor she was she said no I see that seat has been for Eddie to run there he's waited for it and she declined it he didn't contact her a month or two later Antoinette Cunningham who is General Secretary of the Garda Sergeants Association and she said she would decline it on the grounds that she'd have to give up her job. Eventually, 
he found a guy by the name of Aidan Gleeson who was prepared to go. Haven't asked me, and I, there was no to be no convention apart from ratifying us. So we went to a convention on the 19th of January um, 2019, or just over a year ago. And on last Friday, I got a phone. I'd nothing heard in between from Sean Dorgan in 32 months. And last Friday, I got a contact from uh, Colm Leahy's, the Munster organiser for Fianna Fáil, to know would I meet the constituency organising committee, which was chaired by Chris Flood. And I said, look, it's late. It's late in the evening. It's late in the time. What the hell? I said, I'll meet him. They changed it from Saturday to a conference call on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Then they changed it to 12 o'clock on the Monday and I duly spoke to him. Long story short, we went around the houses and the whole story again and they were still uncommittal, but they wanted a commitment from me to run if I was asked. I said, yeah, I will. So I heard nothing until half four that evening when this uh, contacted by Colm Leahy and he said they were adding me to the ticket. Now, two of my daughters had said to me not to go my son and my daughter were on me, on my side, but had said, my daughter said, take 24 hours, even if they say yes. I didn't, unfortunately, and I said yes. Roller coaster then of press releases and all that went with that. I mulled over it all night, and I thought, I've been set up to lose, simple as, 16 days to go. Trotting the fair crack of the whip. Niall Collins is all my area done. He hasn't it just done. He has it hoovered. Yeah. Yeah. With my two fellow councillors from the area. So I was in the back foot before I got on the, onto the rung of the ladder. And uh, at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning, I contacted Colm Lee and said, I'm not going forward. So you didn't sleep too well that night, obviously. I slept from 4 o'clock to 6. When I woke, I sent the message. <laughs> so that'll tell you I had a restless night and agonised a lot over it. Yeah. And with a very heavy heart, I did what I did. But I couldn't see... I saw it as a futile exercise in me running for the doll with 16 days to go and I was asked 32 months before that to run. And James Collins, by comparison, was ratified when Michael Martin came to Limerick in December 17. And he's on the ticket and up and running since December 17. Why do you think you've been treated in such a manner? Well, they can always say they put me on the ticket eventually. But yeah. it is obvious they wanted anyone but Eddie Ryan. But uh, a very astute politician rang me this evening about you, and he said that uh, your area of the constituency has more votes than this side of the constituency, and that you would have been considered uh, a winner, literally, in, in, yes. uh, in that situation, yes. and that that was the reason that yeah. you weren't allowed in. They, well, they were holding me off, let's yeah. say, not to give me, let me out of the traps until they were good and ready and they had their bit done. Yeah. Now, you could still say I could still have mounted a challenge, but would it be meaningful? Was there a purpose to it? It wasn't going to be cheap. I was going to spend money on it. And... I decided against it. Now, on hand, what do you think of politics? Now that you know all about the FAI. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I knew enough about politics. Yeah. I mean, the thing that intrigues me, and I'm ignorant of the things, it seems to me that, you know, yesteryear, any politicians had some sort of, I mean, going back to, say, the Dick Spring era, the Charlie mm. era, era, the... Um, Oh, God, what was the, the Fianna Gael man? Um, um, Gareth Fitzgerald. Gareth Fitzgerald, yeah. yeah. All these people were highly educated. 
And I just, I'd love to know what qualifications do you need, or if any, to go go forward for some of the most important posts in the land to govern and to be over all the business to to make decisions that's going to affect imports exports, and. I mean, it intrigues me. Is it nothing? Is there a diploma that you need to get in social science? Or is there anything at all? As I understand it, all you need is sort of 30 constituents or 500 quid to put yourself forward. And that, to me, needs root and branch thing that... Now, I know there'd be a huge disagreement with this. Oh, it's the people, it's the popularity of whoever is local or whatever. But there should be some qualification needed. So, that's, so I'm at base level here. I sorry, I have a degree in social science, but that's of no relevance. I'm a farmer. That's yeah, what I do. Yeah. Well, I think Owen's point. We have yeah, he's making a fair point. Minister for farming, who was no farming. You minister for children, who was no children. You minister for God knows. You could go down to the minister for uh, finance. Probably there were many school teachers who never managed a whole yeah, point. A teacher with no chip, with no bank account. <laughs> a teacher with no bank account is right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I sympathise with Eddie, but politics is a ruthless, ruthless game. Now, I don't follow you that much anymore. But it's, it's completely ruthless, and you're, you're, everyone, is, everyone is shafted, but people are shafted. But I must take up Owen's point. I think in America they get in people that are qualified in and say computers to look after the computer section someone that's qualified in agriculture that's, that's a successful person to go over the agricultural side and here we could have someone from Dublin 4 looking after the farmers or, or mm. you know what I mean yeah. and that is a, definitely something that sh- should be done because we don't seem to have the expertise and, and the, the, the child, children's hospital points that definitely that we, we, we can overspend uh, maybe two billion on a project and nothing said about it. Like, we'll go back to Tom's point again. Money is just thrown out without any... A couple of weeks kicking up, yeah. You're yeah, agreeing yeah. with my point. Yes, I am indeed, Jess. Yeah. Yes. 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 What you do have is the permanent government, you know, the civil service. Yes. So, uh, irrespective of uh, like who gets elected or in power, yes. they are the people that, run, uh, that actually but, effectively run the country. Okay. But uh, talking about politicians and coming back to own, I tell you, one thing that is really, really uh, ob- ob- uh, obvious that some of the major, uh, of the bigger uh, political parties, they're top-heavy with people with a, a, a legal background. And that's why there is very little uh, possibility of change in many areas of, of uh, public life and political life while the legal profession have an iron grip on some of these parties. And that has been proven by uh, what's happening with the insurance uh, in, in, in this country. Uh, they cannot, for four years, they're talking about changing or having uh, this inquiry are bringing down car insurance. I'm just going to yes. talk about car insurance, apart from uh, general insurance. They have no notion of changing. And if the same parties get in again, especially Fianna Fáil in again, there will be no change in Canada. You will be paying more, Tom will be paying, we'll be all paying more, year by year. There is no accountability at all. So I would say, come back to, uh, at times, what you want is, in politics, is people with, that are honest, sincere, and are keen to make real 
a definite change in, in the running of a discountry. And they've got a qualification, some sort, mm-hmm. in, in anything. Uh, text, and I send this text from the high hills over looking Knock Row. I must go over to Knock Row some night. Fianna Fáil is repeating history as they've done. They did the very same thing to former councillor and Fianna Fáil to the Eddie Ryan back in 2002 as they did to councillor Eddie Ryan with the general election coming up. I'm truly disappointed. Eddie is not standing as he would have made a great choice for County Limerick for rural Ireland. Now, another question come in here was about the RIC and uh, Black and Tans commemoration. And the Black and Tans, of course, well known and well remembered by the older people and passed uh, information on tours. And there was a million euros set aside to commemorate the Black and Tans and the RIC, while at the same time, Irish people are commemorating various events. Of We've had, uh, you hold one out in Bradford and Easter Monday, Corral. It's a Sunday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And also, William Smith O'Brien had one, there was one for him recently, I believe, down in, uh, in Arda. And we hold many other events remembering those who died during the 1916-22 period. And people have been on to me from that in, in many of those commemorations remembering the Irish men and women who died for Ireland during that period. That... Uh, that uh, special branches, as you will call them, are there in numbers and people's photographs have been taken and their names have been taken. And while at the same time the government of the day are commemorating the RIC and Black and Tans and there uh, wouldn't seem to be any plan to have the people who was going to attend in that ceremony, their names taken, their photographs taken. Carol, are you familiar with that type of thing? Well, I am indeed. I've seen it and witnessed it on many yeah. occasions. Uh, it is still going on, I understand. Yeah, to a lesser degree, no, no, to a lesser degree. But uh, coming back to the, what I see, and especially the Black and Tans, whoever uh, thought up the idea that you can read both at the same time, uh, they were living in Cloughcoco land. I mean, do they know? What, what, I mean, it's 100 years ago since you know, this country was in turmoil. I mean, the people had voted for the change. They had voted to withdraw from it, set up their own uh, government, you know, the first all. <coughs> and, uh, you know... I mean, like we're going into the 33rd hour now, and it all stemmed from uh, 1919 and then uh, subsequently 1920. So we have to honour the men and women who, uh, like, who stood by Ireland, who stood by, you know, the decision of the people, the democratic decision of the people, that they wanted to have, have no more to do. And, and this applied to the whole 32 counties. You know, the whole 32 counties were involved in the fight for Irish freedom. People tend to forget that. And, I mean, we have to honour those people. And the Black and Tans were a stain on this country, a disgrace to this country. But why, Carol, are the Irish people of today not allowed to attend commemorations that we hold remembering? They've been those. intimidated, they've been frightened. Been intimidated, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, over, over the years, uh, yeah. it was uh, seen as being subversive. I, I don't know how it could be subversive. I mean, you're only 100 people that are out and fought and died. Well, we said, uh, Carol, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and you honoured also the people that have fought and the died. The special in, in, branch, we say, might, last, might have been watching you, we'll say. Yeah, in the but last if, I, if I decided to go and, and old, I know people of 80 years of age, neighbours who went and they had their names taken, oh, that is intimidation. And yeah. totally wrong. Yeah. Totally wrong. Yeah. But, glad to see the difference is there is hypocrisy in this country. Uh, they thought it wrong for the partition people, the people that were downtrodden. They had no rights at all. 
in the States now. They had to live under probably 60 years yeah. of uh, this uh, unionist rule. Uh, that they rose up, the same as the people all over Ireland rose up in, in 1960. On hand, of course, we have the Valley of Nakanoor below beside yourself there, which yeah. will be commemorated as yeah. well. And people attending that, uh, I assume the special branch are out taking photographs and sometimes taking names as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can't understand, maybe I've got it wrong, but I can't understand the, the fact that the, the black and tans are got, are, this thing about putting on a thing, that their names would be on this thing or something like that. And I mean, like, I mean, so honour Thomas Cromwell, honour Hitler, yeah, yeah. honour Robert Mugabe, Ida Amin. To me, I just, it begs belief. Now, I know this forgive and forget and all, that, yeah. all these people who died, but not the people who came and, and committed the atrocities that yeah. happened mm-hmm. with those guys, the Black and Dance. Whether they were a subsidiary of the RSC, you could go into any parish in this in this country, any parish, where uh, black and tans burn down <laughs> private houses, burn down shops. That to mention the burning of Belbriggan, the burning of Cork. We'll move. Sorry, sorry, like we'll move it around the table. Okay. <clears throat> On the, the well, the, the arrogance of uh, of Charlie Flanagan beats Banner. I mean, the man. He this is only deferred. It's not postponed or cancelled. So he's holding it off for another day. Well, not the minister <coughs> said he once saw Lord the, the Taoiseach said he'll need all party agreement before it could proceed. Well, he went a long way down the road without listening to anyone, and so did Charlie Flanagan. Like, we had, uh, in terms of commemoration, the rescue of Sean Hogan at the station of Knocklong took place on the 13th of May, 1919. There was the, all those people that were involved, the soldiers, they're all in the monument in Galbley. But there was four people very actively involved, two doctors and one lady by the name of May Maloney and the Mary Margaret uh, Cummins. I did uh, something in terms of a civil, civic reception, posthumously awarding them <coughs> recently at the Capmorkin Malik Municipal District because those people were forgotten. They didn't fire a shot. Their names weren't on the monument, but they needed to be remembered and not forgotten. Pleasure, uh, yeah. yeah, I just think that Charlie Flanagan was overshot himself. You know, because he, he didn't seem to understand. I like your choice of words, yeah. yes. Thank you. He didn't seem to understand that these people, um, particularly in Munster area, as far as I know, the Black and Tans, and even in, in South Leinster, they did create havoc. They killed people, that, as, 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 as Cyril said, burnt down places. But they were an, an untrained organisation sent over here. Now, there's a quarter of them might have been Irish, but let run free to do as they wish. You know, and then they were sent over to the Middle East after that to, to yeah. give the Arab teach the Arabs a lesson. You know, Tom, so. Dick said there that uh, black and tan tans were active in Munster. He said, "I know also Galway, of course, to yes. committed terrible atrocities." But maybe is it a thing like that in Leinster, where that Minister Flanagan is from? Maybe the black and tans weren't active. Maybe he knew nothing about it. Maybe he was like a minister some years ago who said at a meeting in Wicklow one night that Kevin Barry was shot dead. Maybe he didn't seem to know. Well, it, it was a total lesson. Badly, it was ill-judged and ill-thought out anyway. I'm sure he didn't do it on his own. He couldn't have a, a you know, there was a, there was a cabinet decision. A lot of them mm. went away and he did, you know. And yeah. uh, when, the, when the first, <coughs> the, the first objector was, I think, the Mayor Clare. I had him in the radio yeah. one morning. Yeah. And sure, really any decent, respectable I mean, person that's, that's, you know, has any idea of our history and our history is, 
is forgotten here, you know, in its, in its recent history. It is forgotten by the first lot to have it forgotten about at our politicians. But to go and think that uh, the RIC and the, the B specials, that, well, yeah, you put them in the same boat, I suppose, like the black and tans and the auxiliaries, you know, that they were, the, the mayhem that they created and the murders and the, and the terrorism that they actually, that they have perpetrated on the Irish people, the peasant people struggling and struggling for their freedom, uh, people that were only barely educated, you know, I mean, they, 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 everything was curtailed, their education, their, their development, their any bit of industry or enterprise was all trodden on by the mighty British Empire, who are the experts in terrorism, they can talk about the Arabs and they can talk about Al-Qaeda and the whole lot. The original terrorists were the British and they're and, uh, still at it in, in disguise. So, like, I mean, to think that an Irish minister in a government in about having, uh, honouring the people that were the perpetrators, what they did on the Irish people, was one thing. I don't know what, what we're thinking of. Which goes to show again, as Owen has already said, he's, he's a solicitor, he's a very, very highly educated man, I presume they all are. And, uh, <coughs> He was to think that he was actually get away with that day. And it was the only people who called him out like. He wasn't called over out of the doll. They all jumped in the bandwagon when they yeah. when they, you know, he wasn't called out of the doll. If you forward they were the supporters of, you know, this uh pact that they had with Finnegale. They they have to accept responsibility as well to a point because they should they should have known about it. If they were that close to making them in power, they should know that they, whatever was happening, they should be on the ball. If they weren't, they shouldn't be there. So like I mean, I think myself it was a disgrace. But not I wouldn't blame Charlie Flanagan on his own, because that would be too easy for everybody. Well done to Eddie for standing for the unborn, Helen O'Brien. Maybe that was part of your problem, was it? Well, I, I would honestly say yes is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, I still hold that to this day because um, we, we saw a situation. You've seen a situation here, if I can have a minute on it, that we've seen For the Love of Dogs, a television programme now. We saw what went on in relation to greyhounds and how greyhounds were treated. And the outcry and the convulsed attitude of people about all this that went on in terms of cruelty to animals. 64% of the people voted to bring in the taking of the life of the unborn and jumped up and down for glee when that came through above in, in, in Dublin Castle. Abortion. Abortion. Mm. The taking of the life of the unborn. Yeah. It's no, nothing else. And I made a stand against church gate collections. Yes, I've made a few stands wrongly, probably. Politically, I didn't toe the line. Against holding a church gate collection for a political party outside the House of God and using that money to promote policy yeah. of debt for the unborn. But if I, I remember, can't hold it. If I remember right, the, uh, at a Fianna Fáil uh, convention, or whatever to call it, the, 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 the majority of the people of Fianna Fáil members voted against uh, abortion. An Ardish passed. An Ardish. They were totally opposed to it. Op the Ardish was opposed to it with a totally huge majority. By a huge majority. And then 44 TDs, mm. 33 of them were opposed to it opposed to repeal in the Eighth Amendment. Eleven were for it. Niall Collins and Michal Martin and nine others ploughed their own furrow and went for this social 
the social modern uh, type of, of yeah. politics or politics of How can you remain a member of a party that has totally disregarded the decisions of the local members who selected you back in January and the Ardisht that decided they were going to vote against the abortion yes. and Michal Martin and a few more with him decided to forget the Amadons, this is what we're doing and we... Yes. Did you read upset? I was, I was asked Is there any democracy in that setup? No, I was asked that today in Live 95. And as long as Michal Martin and all the Collinses are in Fianna Fáil, so are my family. And we're three generations Fianna Fáil. I'm in Fianna Fáil. I wanted to have an ideology that stands up for people and believes in something. I'm not running away from it. I want to change it and get it back to have values that it had in the past and look after the unborn and those that need help. And do you think you will be successful sometime? God is good. So far, not. Yeah. But somebody has to stay with it. They'd love you to go so they can kick you in the backside and say he's disgruntled, he's an awkward individual, he's a contrary bee, or whatever it is. But hang in there and have your say. That's oh, my hand, policy. An open-minded man, what do you think? What do I think of... Of, of uh, the, that position. You mean about the... the Eddie, who prepared the, 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 the decisions. Uh, one decision is made by the people and a few at the top make an alternative decision and, and ignore the, decision, the wishes of the people, really. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think the wishes of the people is the thing. I mean, that's what, surely that's got to be the way. I would imagine so, yeah. 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 I would have thought that I was going to... Be, that's democracy. But it's a dangerous situation, I suppose, when we reach uh, the point we're at. That, uh, but the people's decisions the minority, The minority have a say, too. They don't always be heard, they can always be ignored, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they can have a say. And this a, is what a public forum like this yeah. gives uh, people the opportunity to have a say. This is what a well-known personality and, and, and a would-be politician. And Eddie is too honest to be associated with Fianna Fáil. He should have decided to go independent a long time ago. So says Hi. Christy Kelly of Tempered Lantern. Christy, now, how are you doing? And another topic we have, which is a very serious one, I was talking to a guard the other night and he said that the drug situation is absolutely shocking and frightening among the young people. And I see a survey in England the other day, and I'm sure it'll be the same in England, that 50% of the people attending music festivals, etc., take drugs. And I, I would probably... It will be much the same here. And we've had a lot of terrible tragedies all over the country for quite some time back. We have, I won't name any, but all over the place. We had Mitchellstown Festival, and we had another one in Galway, and we have them all over the place. Tom, are you familiar with the drug scene any bit? Well, sure. Or aware of it, anyhow? We have been talking about it, like, for a long time, you know, on the programme at the Gareth's, you know. The, we know that it's rampant now. And uh, we know that, that uh, you know, there isn't anybody, I think, producing a solution. Or if they are, that it's not been funded or it's not been directed in any way. And with the, with, with the element and the connection with the crime laws and the, gang, the gangs and the, the, the brutal murders we've seen, like, it, it appears to have only reached the, the, the doors of the politicians last week. Now that the election is there. And um, I got a call last night, now, and, uh, you know, from a listener. And, uh, you know, this, this woman now, she, she, was, she had her 11 grandchildren for dinner last Sunday. 
with a family of the family union and she sat down in the in in the kitchen after dinner and uh, she spoke to them all. She didn't lecture them on what they should be doing or anything. They were they were from primary school and secondary school and one or two starting at uni and she just asked them what they felt about the about the whole scene. Now I was surprised with the answer because they were shocked with what she told me. They were absolutely, they were not going to, they had stopped going to nightclubs due to the fact, due to the drug situation there. And if we talk about drugs, the first thing, like the first drug and the major drug in the country is drink, and nobody's talking about that because that's a, that's the that's popular thing to do and everything is revolved around it, sport and all that, and I can debate that with other people. And then I'd love to hear Owner talking about this because I want to ask him one or two questions before we before the program finishes as well. It's very important that, that he's here, that he's doing a great job here tonight as well. So like this woman said to me, she said, Why can't the schools she asked them what what they're being educated or what they've been taught or was it being debated between the schools? No. And I mean secondary schools, primary schools and unis. No uh, advice. No lectures, no debates, or people coming into the schools talking about the, the damage to drugs. And I, I feel the same myself that we have to start there. West Limerick 102. You've just been listening to Best Bits of County Views over the past couple of months. <music> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. West Limerick 102. You've just been listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 25th of March 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM.